This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. It's Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. Good morning and welcome back to another hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us across America on the Relevant Radio Network and the Relevant Radio app. Great to be with you once again. On Wednesdays, we always remember to pray to St. Joseph. Go to Joseph, the patron of the Universal Church. Special welcome to our new listeners listening on WBMD Relevant Radio 750 AM Baltimore, which yesterday became the newest owned and operated station broadcasting Relevant Radio. Welcome aboard, my brothers and sisters. You are absolutely now part of of the Relevant Radio family. want to check in with my colleague, Glenn Leverage. Glenn, uh, what uh, is the big story uh, making headlines this morning? Well, John, if you agree with President, I disagree. If you disagree with President Biden, he likens it to uh, maybe you're like Jefferson Davis, the leader of the Confederacy. Uh, the Democrats, you see, are, are struggling mightily in the Senate to try and pass legislation that would really give the federal government more say in how elections are run in states. Uh, Republicans are against this, and uh, the Democrats don't have enough votes to overcome the filibuster. That's that 60 to 40 margin needed in the Senate to pass most legislation, and to such degree uh, that the president and other Democrats calling for an end to those filibuster rules and make it just a pure majority to change things. Of course, in the Senate right now, we've got uh, 50 votes for Democrats, 50 for Republicans, and uh, Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris becomes the, the tiebreaker. But uh, the filibuster at 60 makes it hard to overcome and helps to ensure more bipartisan legislation gets done. There are some Democratic senators who don't want to get rid of that, maybe realizing that over time, both parties are in control of the Senate at one time or another. And uh, if the rules are changed now for the Democrats, it may come back to, to bite them in the future. But uh, that's uh, where we're at in this, this forceful speech the president gave yesterday in Atlanta, called for an end to that filibuster and said, basically, John, you're a really bad guy if, uh, if you're against that. Uh, really over the top, in my humble opinion, uh, with all due respect to, to President Biden. I don't think they have the votes on the Democratic side. And then this is really a double standard because uh, when the president was Senator Biden, he was absolutely not in favor of changing the filibuster. So uh, I see a big double standard. And I think uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who has uh, slowed things down for the Democrats, certainly uh, I think is uh, not for changing the filibuster rules as well. It'll be interesting how this all plays out. Uh, as always, uh, thanks so much, Glenn. Hey, sure thing, John. First things first, uh, we start each hour giving thanks to our Lord through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. 
Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit here on Morning Air when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Something else that we do every morning, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from Colossians 3.17. The Apostle St. Paul writes, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Apostle St. Paul reminds us that it doesn't matter what you do for a living. If you're a lawyer, doctor, mother, business owner, uh, a world-class athlete, whatever you do, if you do it for Jesus, if you do it for the Lord and for His glory, you're on the right track. Remember to keep your work in the proper perspective. God first, your family second, and then your vocation or profession third. You can sanctify your work. You can make your work have a spiritual meaning especially if you do it for the Lord. And we always pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, with all the rising cases of COVID, of Omicron, uh, the crime that's being reported across our country and tragedies like the apartment fire uh, in Philadelphia and uh, in New York City just uh, the other day, it's so easy to get anxious and lose hope. Uh, But when we rest in God, knowing that he has everything under control, we can have hope, peace, and freedom. Romans 8.28, the Apostle St. Paul writes, We know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Now joining us uh, with much more perspective on hope in times of crisis is our spiritual director this morning, Father Marcel Tyone, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and a longtime Relevant Radio contributor. Good morning, Father Tyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again here at the start of the new year. And happy new year to you and our new friends in Baltimore, and uh, great to be with everyone again today. Absolutely. Um, Father Tyone, how can we not get overwhelmed uh, when you take a look at everything that's going on in our world day in and day out? You just turn on the news. There's. It seems like there's... Every day there's more bad news uh, constantly. How, how, do you, how can we deal with that and not get overwhelmed? I think one of the things is turning off the news, right? So first, I think turning on Relevant Radio a little more, the app and praying, uh, but not, I think, really being careful not to get sort of sucked into all the bad news. That There's always going to be bad news. There's, there's more these days than anything in a sense. But I think really our prayer life is a key uh, buffer to not getting distressed and depressed and losing kind of our sense of hopefulness. That's that's one way. What, what are we spending? How do we structure our day, our free time when we're not working or things we have to do? What do we do with the rest of that day? And that's obviously prayer is important. Exercise is important. Being in contact with people that have uh, a joyfulness about them. There are many people. I know many people that are very joyful. And when I just see them or hear from them, uh, it just lifts my spirit. And, and I think that's always 
getting those good relationships that are healthy for our relationship with Jesus in our lives, keeping focused on those. And I think, too, an attitude of gratitude. Um, we, there's lots to be grateful for, as difficult as things are. And we need to sort of, I, I find in my own prayer life, when I go into prayer in gratitude rather than always petition, it lifts my spirit besides lifting my mind to what God has already given me and what he promises me. But I think that's another tool in our boxes. I think the big one, though, you started at the top, you said, you know, we turn on the news. So I think turning off the news, not completely, but maybe, uh, you know, within reason we want to know what's going on in our world and not be, you know, be oblivious to it. At the same time, we don't want to become obsessed with, with bad news, and it could lead to a hopelessness, a, a really sense of negativity. So we would, I think how we spend our day, where we're getting our information from, and uh, and who we talk to. And I, I think kind of, again, Roland Radio is such a great tool in our life, in our box. Why? Because it's about Christ. It's about God. We, we you know, we know we hear you get the news updates here on on relevant radio as well but it but it's not this distressing thing it goes to Christ right after that and i think i think that's a helpful model the way the way that our programming is set up i think it is what we should do in our own sort of we can program our own lives to what's our schedule what are we going to do and this can help us and i think not to not to kind of lean into a despair and sometimes people go through a a crisis maybe maybe covid scared and things have happened certainly people suffering we know that but i think also to pray for their healing and to be part of that healing with our prayer our emotional support and really our our eyes focused on jesus throughout the day and that that can keep us from Maybe maybe going over the side to to getting too down on things in the world. Absolutely, uh, Father Tyone, totally with you. I mean, it's so easy to get down when you turn on the news, especially if if you're a news junkie like myself, uh, where you're always plugged in. And not, obviously, not everybody's like that. Uh, but uh, you know, here on Relevant Radio, we do try to give you a spiritual perspective uh, to the news. I was just talking uh, before the show uh, with Glenn, and we were talking about just the bias that exists uh, in the mainstream media. If, if that's all you hear, uh, you're getting getting brainwashed with that perspective you're not hearing a spiritual perspective like we try to bring you here on relevant radio no and i think you guys do a good job you cover the big stories in the morning and, and uh, throughout the day we we know what's going on but again it's, it's not obsessive on on sort of the one side or the other of the politics and it's it's christ-based and i think that's how we need to live our lives but our minds too right so the evil one the devil he wants to get in our minds and sort of have us give up hope on everything and on the world, on ourselves, on our country, our church, everything. And it's really, we, we just can't buy into that. And, and I think we need to have a kind of a, a holy confidence in Christ and, and not let, you know, the news take over our, our psyche and our spirituality and our outlook, too. I mean, we need to have that a biblical, we're, we're a biblical people, the scriptures and Christ's heart and the church's teaching are what really guide us. But we need to let our imagination, our mind, our study, and and I th I think maybe you know we've got to be really careful where where how much time we spend looking at the news where we get it from and then what do we do with that what does Christ want us to do with with the bad news that we do here and I think He'd want us to pray to entrust everything to Him but also to make positive contributions throughout the day uh, saying good morning to someone in the supermarket or reaching out to someone texting someone something supportive or writing a letter, old-fashioned writing a letter, sending a card to people in facilities where maybe they can't go out or can't get as much company as before. They're afraid to get company. We can send flowers to those people. We can we can send a mass card. There's a lot of things we can do. And I think if we, uh, we don't have to wait till Lent to start our program of sort of a, 
an outreach that's positive. So what can we do? We can we can change the world we live in, not the whole world, but Mother Teresa, right? One person at a time was her great secret. No different for us. One person, one encounter at a time, and, and with, a, with as best as possible a, a positive contribution to building a Christian society. And, and life's different when that's our project rather than getting too down. So be careful out there, right? Not too much news. Um, more relevant radio, more praying, and... Uh, I think we should limit, even on social media sometimes, depending where we spend time on there, we should pick social media things that are, there's so many apps today that are good, uh, good good for prayer, you know, good podcasting, really, there's so much healthy stuff that's out there that's Christ-based that we need to make sure we're we're going to the right places so we, we learn, we're learning, we're getting encouragement ourselves, and then from that we go out, uh, again, not, not in denial of our troubles we're in, but, but a real balance, a real integration, really, probably is a better word, but living an integrated life as, as friends of Jesus and and just having that perspective in affecting all our circumstances and, and all of our relationships. Absolutely. Christ is our hope. We're talking about hope in times of crisis. With our spiritual director this morning, Father Marcel Tyone, uh, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, if you have a comment or question for Father Tyone, 888-914-9149. Father, let's talk about hope. Uh, Hope is not merely uh, being optimistic all the time. Can you talk talk to us about uh, hope uh, from a, a, a Catholic perspective? So, yeah, so it's it's a virtue, right? We have faith, hope, and love, and uh, hope is a virtue. So hope does not mean we. it's different than optimism. So, you know, exactly. Sometimes hope is a misunderstood virtue. People feel they're not hopeful if they're not optimistic. Um, it's a theological virtue. The Catechism tells us that, where we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life is our happiness. Christ promises us, you know, um, really. So basically, hope takes takes up our activities and purifies them, towards the kingdom of heaven, and we know that, that God's always with us. So we can have hope because we know Christ. Um, there's so many great scripture quotes on that. Um, what I think of one from Romans, uh, Now hope that sees for itself is not hope for, ho- for who hope for what one sees. In other words, we the Holy Spirit's with us, and what we can't see is is the virtue of hope we possess that by the Holy Spirit. So so hopefulness again it's not it's not optimism. That's different. We all have our kind of our personalities. Some of us are chalice is half empty and others we know. People are just you know, for whatever reason over the years that they're, they're not so optimistic in their lives. But but even if we're not optimistic we can have the virtue of hope. We can profess that, live from that. So that's what we need today. I think there's never more time in least modern history where we need the virtue of hope we have, we have faith we have love and we're told the greatest of these is love but but hope is also probably the greatest one in need right now is to be a person of hope we know Christ the kingdom of God is here he's with us and and we need to live for that and from that virtue uh, in order to to be a positive contributor to our families our workplace our schools, our churches, our environments, and even especially those that are kind of gone cynical and negative and given up hope on, on the church, on the world, on our country, on other people, on relationships. Uh, Christ Christ can heal that. And uh, if you listen to this program today and you don't think you have hope, ask the Holy Spirit for that virtue. Just just ask for it. Become a beggar, and God will give it to us. I, I really I really firmly believe that. 
Without a doubt. Uh, Father Tyone, um, we, we've all heard the popular expression, this too shall pass. In fact, I said it just to someone just the other day when we were talking about pandemic. It's obviously popular for a reason because things usually do pass. Uh, uh, how does knowing the temporary nature of our uh, dilemmas free us to look for the goodness of God beyond uh, the current crisis, beyond the current situation that we might be in? Maybe a good way, you know, you bring up a great point, but maybe, you know, we say hindsight is twenty twenty. So I would urge everyone to look back, think back, meditate, pray, reflect back on times in your life. We've all had them when we thought we would never get through something. We'd never make it. And then you look back and you realize, oh, my gosh, God was even pouring out good things to me then. He placed this person in my life or this help or this change that I got through it. And and I, I not only got through it, but it's made me holier and better as hard as it was. And we've all had times like that. So I would suggest one way to go forward and, and to trust what you just said, you know, this it will finally be over, is to look back other times in our lives, maybe two or three times where we thought that was it, and it wasn't, and, and we were wrong. We just lost our perspective. And, uh, and I think that can give us hope because we've all, I really believe every human person's had these experiences where we felt hopeless or helpless is probably a better word. And then eventually the Lord gave us the grace to get through that. Things, things we thought impossible to live with or through. So look backwards to go forwards. I think that's always a good way to do that too. Just maybe you write them down, two or three things. Oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot the Lord got me through that. And then he'll get you through this. He'll get you through whatever's happening right now. He's got it. Even even if it's difficult, he's he's going to he's going to get us all through this. There's no question about that. Father Tayon, uh, we began this segment uh, I quoted uh, from uh, St. Paul, Romans 8.28. Uh, we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. It's a, it's a powerful scripture for me. Uh, it's also helped so many people to, to put into perspective how, how God allows difficult uh, situations to happen. You, you think of all the many tragedies, things like 9-11 and just the things that have been going on during this pandemic. The Lord is the Lord of the universe and nothing happens without his uh, permission without his direct will uh, or uh, with him allowing it to happen. No, I think saints are being raised up in the pandemic. I think when this is all over, we'll hear these heroic stories of, of love and charity and selflessness. And I, I think it's hard when we're in it. But but I do. God is working for good. He, he's permitted this. He hasn't willed it. He wouldn't hurt us. But he's permitting it. So if he permits it, uh, he's pouring out in it. And, and that scripture passage, also one of my favorites. I'm glad you brought that up. But it, the Lord is, is bringing about good from all of this. And he's using it to reveal the kingdom of God and, and to make us holy. So we're, we're invited to, you know, I, sometimes I know this big new thing. Everyone always says now, stay stay safe, you know, stay safe, stay safe. And I always, I'd want to say to people, stay holy, stay with the Lord, stay stay holy. You know, just be holy even if we're sick or not sick. Be holy whether we're afraid or full of joy on a certain day. Uh, be holy with Christ no matter what's happening. Cir- circumstances uh, shouldn't rule our souls, nor our minds. And this is where the virtue of hope can come and, and help us. So I encourage everybody listening, don't be discouraged. You can be tired, but don't, you know, if the Lord's got this, we, we can't sort of raise the white surrender flag because of the pandemic or other things in our lives. It's not what God wants. And it's also not helpful to others. And, and the Lord will lift us up. We just have to be patient. He is he is working things out, and uh, I've seen that in my own life, and, and even the pandemic here, my parish, our diocese, we see, I do see many good things that, that are happening, 
um, because of the struggles we're in. So, so we just need to ask God for the grace to be able to see those things, and, and it'll help us all, I think. Absolutely. Uh, there's, I believe, great light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I can see uh, the end of uh, the pandemic coming. Uh, perhaps this Omicron variant is actually a blessing, even though uh, it was reported there were 1.5 million cases on Monday in the U.S. I think we still have to stay optimistic and know that God is in charge. This, too, it really will pass. It will pass. You're right. And the pandemic will, will end, and it's in the, the force it's in now. It will end. Um, it'll who knows when and how, but it, it will end. And until then, uh, you know, it, the pandemic shouldn't define us. Christ should define us. Our identity should be our baptismal life. Um, and I think let's just, uh, where's our identity? Our identity is not based on the health and well-being of the human race at any one time. We, it's deeper. We want to be healthy, but we need spiritual health and, and theological virtue health. And hopefully today's program can help us all just at least ask God for that if we don't think we possess it right now. But but things things will be better. There's no question. The Lord's doing good things. That There's no doubt about that. And that, that I'm sure about. So praise the Lord for that and for your bringing up this topic this morning, which I think is helpful. I think it's it's so relevant, uh, especially at this time. Uh, you know, there's so many different scriptures uh, about hope that are in play, especially uh, during this uh, crisis, uh, during this pandemic. Uh, in Hebrews 10.23, the Word of God says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. Uh, how can we find this hope that is promised by our Lord we ask we ask the Lord for that gift. We think of Good Friday and then Easter Sunday. We think of the, the earliest disciples and what that extreme uh, is a process, right? So they, they, they had to get through Good Friday, go through the Triduum. Uh, and then after Easter, even after Easter, Jesus had to appear to them several times in body for them to begin to understand the hope of the resurrection of the dead. It, it was sort of a, it wasn't all in one, you know, Jesus rose from the dead, but his friends had to still come to believe in hope that his resurrection was true and that theirs would be too. And, and I, I think the greatest part of our, our life in Christ is the Paschal mystery and uh, the very Paschal mystery that continues to be played out in the church, in our world, in our lives today. We all have our personal gospel story, so to speak. We could write centered on Jesus, how he works in our lives. But I, I think uh, thinking of the Easter reality, the Easter story is, is very, very helpful to us. Let's maybe meditate on that a little bit today and the journey of Jesus' earliest friends uh, that's our journey too, and uh, and everything leads to resurrection in Christ. So we we thank God for that, and he, He'll give us the hope and the strength that we need. Absolutely, be not afraid, as our. Uh, wonderful patron, uh, St. John Paul II, said so many times. Uh, I so much appreciate uh, your spiritual perspective uh, on this issue of uh, hope in times of crisis. Thanks so much, uh, Father Tyone, for being with us. Blessed day to all of you. Bye-bye. Amen. Many blessings to you. Our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tayon, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and a longtime relevant radio contributor. We need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Uh, professor Harry Kramer, professor of management and strategy at Kellogg School of Management, will be with us to talk about taking the time to live in the present and being truly present as opposed to constantly looking backwards or forwards. Stay with us. There's much more to come next uh, half hour. Hours. It's straight ahead as morning air continues after this timeout. 
Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. From Maui to Maine, you're listening to Morning Air with John Morales. Coast to coast on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, I want to talk about the current crisis uh, and some of the crime that's going on in different cities across our country. Some people uh, might say uh, times were much better 50 years ago, or they might be thinking, uh, when COVID is over, I would do this or I would do that, or when I buy a house down the road. And they actually uh, don't take the time to appreciate the present. Joining us now with uh, more perspective on taking the time to live in the present is our regular contributor, Professor Harry Kramer. Harry's a professor of management and strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management and is an executive partner with Madison Dearborn Partners, one of the largest private equity firms in the U.S. Good morning, Professor Harry. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again for the first time here in the new year. Well, Good morning and good afternoon, good evening from wherever people are, and uh, Happy New Year, John. I hope you and your family had a, uh, a blessed Christmas and uh, a great New Year. Absolutely. We, we, we did. Uh, it was a little bit of a struggle. I, I count my blessings because our, our whole family got COVID, including this reporter, and the, the good news is that it was probably Omicron, so it was like a really bad cold, but we're all much, much better, and I'm able to be here live with you this morning. Well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic, John. So hopefully we'll we're up for a very good year here. Hopefully. And and just a quick shout out. Uh, we we have new listeners uh, in uh, the city of the Orioles, uh, Baltimore, uh, Relevant Radio WBMD. 7.50 a.m. in Baltimore. Uh, they're our latest uh, relevant radio station uh, tuning in this morning with us. So welcome aboard to uh, all of our Baltimore listeners this morning here on Morning Air. Uh, Professor, this issue of uh, living in the past uh, and, and meditating and, and reflecting back on when things were better, you know, things were always seemed to be better back in the 40s and 50s. Why shouldn't we go back and 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 revisit the, the good old days, the past. Well, you know, it's funny, John, you got me laughing already because um, I, I remember a quote, I guess I read from uh, President Dwight Eisenhower, I think he was our 34th president and a general and the guy who led in D-Day. I think one of the comments he made was, you know, the good old days weren't as good as we think the good old days were. <laughs> um, and, 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 and you made reference to this before. You know, everything is a balance with me, John. As we talked, in the, everything's a balance. So there, there's nothing wrong with looking at the past. There's nothing long, wrong with thinking about what the future could bring. But, but how about making sure that, that we live in the moment? Um, and to your comment, you know, when, how, when were the good old days? Was, was that the Civil War when brothers were killing one another? Was that, was that World War I when uh, folks like my grandfather were, were gassed uh, when they were in Europe in the First World War, the Second World War, Korean War? I mean, you know, the Great Depression? Uh, so, you know, 
but every single time, I think, as you said, you have to give thanks and blessings for the things that go well and the things that don't go well and, and look at it all in a balance and, and try to spend uh, a little bit more time in the present, in the now. Yeah, you, you brought up uh, President Eisenhower. I immediately, being a former sports guy, I thought of Coach Mike Ditka. I, I, I really do remember him at a press conference once uh, uh, saying, hey, losers live in the past when he was being asked about how the Bears were doing at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and, and what's, what's so interesting to me, John, and I, I think it's part of our society. I think it's part of social media. It's part of this entire desire. Go, 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 go. Um, everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's in a hurry. And, you know, once in a while, you got a project you got to do, you got to get a report in, you have to, you know, do something for school. Once in a while, we're going to be in a hurry. But I often think, John, the entire world is in such a hurry that we never stop to enjoy or stop to live in the moment. And I, I almost ask all the listeners to think through, why are we in such a hurry? Can't we enjoy the present? Because as you well know, John, we're here for a blink of an eye. We're here for a blink of an eye. Um, and yes, appreciate the past, good things. Think about the future. Um, but I, I often reflect on the fact that, you know, Jesus, he was never in that much of a hurry. You know, I was, I was reading again some of the stories where, you know, one of the disciples or somebody would say to him, uh, Jesus, you know, my, my brother's sick or this is a problem. And he'd say, okay, and then he, he'd get there. But you never saw in, in, the, in the four Gospels, you never see him running. You never see him in a hurry. It's, it's, and sometimes when he was asked to do things, he'd pray. He'd pray about it. Um, but this whole idea of we are in this incredible hurry and never take the time to enjoy the present. I, I think it's a serious issue for all of us, John. Well, Professor, um, one of my favorite shows that you and I ever did together was the time way back in the fall when we talked about making the most of every day that we are giving. Every day is a blessing, and you can't appreciate today if you're living in the future and constantly thinking about the past. Yeah, no, and, it, and it's, so, it's so remarkable. I, I just find that ability to really appreciate the present. You know, if you happen to be, you know, a father or a mother with a, with a three or four year old, rather than, okay, we got to rush, we got to do this, we got to do that. No, how about, how about just look at them? How about take a walk with them? How about sit and listen to them and what kind of crazy things they may want to talk about? Because as you and I both know, John, in a blink of an eye, they're going to be, go from three to 33 and you're going to be surprised. Believe me, I, uh, believe me, I, I totally get it. <laughs> I, I, it seems like it was just yesterday I was carrying my little Joseph Dominic in my arm, in my right arm like a bag of potatoes going up to receive yeah. Holy Communion. Now the kid is uh, coming up on six feet with a size 13 shoe, and I have to look up to him. <laughs> well, sa same issue. You know, uh, we have five children, and uh, if you said to me, well, how, how, old, how old is your oldest daughter, Susie? Well, if you catch me without thinking, I'm thinking, okay, Susie, um, oldest... I don't know, is she 10? Is she 11? John, she's 34 years old and got married <laughs> Got married three months ago. Now, how wow. can she be 34, John, if I'm only 39, right? I mean, there's a, there's a, there, there's a question to ask. But no, I, I kind of went, John. I, I, I think about this all the time. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm about to be 67 years old. Now, if, as you know, John, 
if you take care of yourself, you know, if you really hold things to your heart, if you think about what Christ is asking you to do, and you exercise and you eat right, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't feel much different than when I was thirty. I really don't. Sixty-seven is the the new forty-seven, Harry. Well, I, 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 I hope so. <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember, John. Uh, my, my grandfather was a history teacher in Queens, uh, New York, and he walked me around the park uh, when he was eighty, and he'd look at me and he'd say, "Harry, enjoy every day." Somehow, I'm 80 years old. I still feel like I'm 15, but, but, but I'm 80. And that, and that whole idea of truly appreciating, truly thanking God for every day, because as you and I talked in the fall, you never know how much time you have. This whole idea of, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Maybe that's not God's plan for you. Maybe it isn't. Um, and to look at the people that you love, the people you care about, people who could use your help, and say to yourself, hey, what, what, what could I do? I'll give you a good example, John, of one that, because you and I have talked about self-reflection and, and prayer a lot. People say, well, what does that really mean practically? And I don't know if I mentioned this to you, John. This may sound a little morbid, but you know what? And, and obviously in this COVID situation, really, really hard sometimes. You remember, what, remember even what day it is. I think it's Wednesday, I think. Uh, well, if you said to me, John, um, how do you think about self-reflection and prayer um, and, and living in the moment? The way I think about it is, if you said to me, what's the worst case for you tomorrow? What, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You and I don't know everything. But if you said, what's the worst case? I think for me, the worst case would be something would happen to Julie or something would happen to one of the five children. Now, I hope it doesn't happen. I'll pray that it doesn't happen. I'll do what I can. But if it does happen, you know, I know I'll try to do the right thing. I'll do the best I can do. And so this whole idea of kind of parking this worry, fear, anxiety, pressure, stress, and, and actually taking the time to have gratitude. And no matter what it is, realize it could be a lot worse than it is. That's the difference between our spiritual perspective as Catholic Christians and the world's perspective uh, out there uh, that doesn't even acknowledge the existence of God. We have that faith. We have that eternal perspective, and, and we could look at things that way. Uh, if, uh, if you have a comment or question about living in the moment for Professor Harry Kramer, our number, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Nine one four nine, Professor. You know, it, it's so, it's so easy uh, to be looking backwards constantly. You know, reflecting on uh, past achievements, uh, past uh, successes, uh, and, and and yeah, it, it's it's good to to appreciate those those memories, but uh, uh, and and remember the good times. But where where do we draw the line? I guess I look at it, John. I look at everything in balance, and I I think as you mentioned. We're, we're blessed. Uh, we're blessed what Jesus taught us. We're blessed uh, to be part of, of the Catholic community and, and realizing, yes, yes, I'll think about the past and I'll remember some things and, and that's wonderful. Um, I'll realize there's going to be challenges in the future. This, this is all a test. I mean, you know, we're, we're so blessed, John, because you think about people that don't have faith. I mean, think about it. if this is all there was, if this is all there was, there'd be a whole lot to complain about. Well, I didn't get this job or I didn't get this promotion or, you know, this happened to me. I fell and I broke my leg. But when you realize everything, everything that happens here, John, uh, it's just a very, very temporary. Temp We're here for a blink of an eye. OK. And when you realize it's a blink of an eye and this is a test, I mean, you know, compared to 
to Jesus who, who actually died on a cross for us, I don't think you and I have a lot of really bad days, okay? And so, all right, let's, let's reflect on it. Let's think about what went well, what didn't go well, and then say a couple prayers and say, all right, you know what? What can I do in the future that may turn out to be better and enjoy every single day we have? Because you absolutely have, have no idea how many days you have, John. Without a doubt, and uh, and life can change uh, in a, in a flash, in a matter of seconds. One's life can can totally change. Uh, I have a, a little sticky note here in my office uh, underneath uh, my computer uh, from Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, that says, "Quote: Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We only have today. Let us begin." I love it, John. I love it. That's, that sums it up so well from somebody who was such a strong Catholic, such a strong prayer person. When she says something like that, boy, oh boy, I'll, I'm going to jot that down as I'm listening to you here. Absolutely. Well, let's chat about it uh, on the other side. We need to take a, a short break. I want to invite our listeners uh, on the other side. Uh, if you want to share your own experience of living in the present, living in the moment, or you have a, a comment or a question for Professor Harry Kramer, give us a call. We have open lines as we speak, but they don't stay open very long. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break, continue our conversation with Professor Harry Kramer. Stay with us. There's much more to come on the other side. This is Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us as we continue our conversation about taking the time to live in the present and being truly present as opposed to constantly looking backwards and forwards. We're talking with our good friend, uh, Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at Kellogg School of Management. Uh, Professor Harry, uh, thanks so much for being with us. So welcome back once again. Great to be with you. Um, professor, we were, I was chatting with you before the break about uh, Mother Teresa's uh, just famous quote, uh, yesterday is gone, uh, tomorrow has not yet come, we only have today, let us begin. These are such powerful words that I thought, you know, tied in perfectly to our theme about living uh, in the present. Absolutely. In fact, I'll, I'll mention a, a, little, uh, a little play um, that, that had an impact on me actually when I was in high school. I don't know, John, if you've ever uh, read or heard of a, of a small play called Our Town um, by, by Thornton Wilder. I mean, it was written like in the 1930s, but when I was in high school, we, um, we actually performed the play. And it, it is right along the lines of what you and I are talking about. Uh, the, the real summary, John, is it's a, uh, it's a little story of, of a little town and a little family and a... Um, uh, there's a person that they call the stage manager who I think really represents God. And this little girl grows up and uh, she gets married and uh, unfortunately she, she passes away. And when she passes away, she literally walks off the stage and walks over to the stage manager. It's a kind of representation she, she's now with God. And she says, oh, oh, can I go back? Can I go back? I, 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 never, I never think I really experienced it. We were in such a hurry. Could, could I go back? 
and and the fellow uh, the stage manager says, no, 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 you can't, you don't want to do that. They, they, they truly, John, I was getting a little emotional about this. They don't really understand. They don't, oh, can I go back? Can I go back? And she asked to go back a day when she was in school and she was like 10 years old. Now she walks back and she's in the same scene, John, but everybody does exactly the same thing. And she says, mom, mom, stop a minute. And her mother's saying, you know, eat your cereal, get your, get your book bag, get it. No, mom, stop for one moment. Stop for one moment and just look at me. Just look at me. Am I pretty, Mom? And the, the, the mother, just she's doing exactly the same scene. In a hurry, get this, get this one. And the girl starts to cry, and she kind of yells out to the stage manager, oh, okay, please, please, please take me away. So she's back talking to the representative of God. And she literally, one of the great lines that I think about this, John, all the time when you, when you mention something, she literally says to him, she says, does anybody ever realize life while they're living it? Does anybody realize life while they're living it in the moment? Great and line, great the, line. And the, and the representation of God looks at her and says, no, 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 my friend, no, not, not really. Well, well, maybe, maybe saints and poets, but not many. They're in way too much of a hurry to, to kind of get nowhere. Um, and I, I think of that Our Town, Thornton Wilder. It's a, uh, and there's a real old movie about it as well. I think it was made like in the 1940s. But it's exactly, and I'll tell you, I, I, I kind of well up every time I see that scene because you realize this is what we end up doing. We're like in this mad rush to where? To where, John? Absolutely. Uh, it, it reminded me of uh, it, it's a wonderful life. It's so easy yes. to... Uh, to forget all the many blessings that we have, and and to, uh, you know, not appreciate the the present, the 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 present. No pun intended. That the Lord has given us uh, every single day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because that John uh, is probably my favorite movie of the whole family. All of us were watching that. Uh, us too. Christmas us day. too. Believe yeah. me, we never miss it every Christmas. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's truly amazing. For sure. Uh, Professor Harry, can you give us uh, some practical advice on how uh, we can live in the present? It's okay to make goals for for the upcoming year, this new year, but how can we uh, break it down uh, day by day and live in the present? Yeah. So once again, John, this concept of balance in my mind becomes very important. Okay. I'm talking to you right now and I'm fully involved and focused on you and our conversation, and I, I feel like we're blessed to be able to reach all the listeners. While I'm doing that, you know, when I'm done with you, I'll think a little bit about the past. I'll think about my goals. I'll think about, okay, what am I going to do to lose another 10 pounds? And what am I going to But it's all, but in my mind, John, it's, it's all about a balance. It's all about realizing that, that I want to look at all those things. Now, let's get real practical. How do you do that? I really believe at the end of the day, it all comes down to taking some time every day and be self-reflective and be a little prayerful and actually think about it. And I think I mentioned to you, John, that that uh, first week of December every year now, I always go on that three-day silent retreat. And what that taught me, in addition to taking those three days once a year, is I will take, John, 15 minutes no matter what happens. I will take 15 minutes at the end of every day and to do that personal self-examination. And when I do that, literally asking every day, what am I grateful for? How am I living my values? What went well today? Let, let's celebrate. Let's have gratitude. What could I have done better? Okay. How am I living the life that, that Jesus asked me to do? Um, 
and I think about that when I'm going to when I'm going to bed every night. But literally thinking about all the blessings, and even as you know, John, when things don't go well, there's usually a reason for that. There there may not be a be appear to be a reason for that today, but no matter what happens, and I think you're of the same type of person, John. You and I are people. When people say, "Hey, is your glass half full or half empty?" I like to say, "Hey, the glass is overflowing. The glass is overflowing." Okay, because we're here. We're here as a test to prepare for eternity with God. How could things possibly get better? And so, no matter what happens, realizing, realizing, I'll make the best of it. I love it. I love that spiritual perspective. Uh, our number, 888 We have time for Joel joining us uh, from the Windy City, from Chicago. Joel, good morning. Welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Professor Harry Kramer. Uh, thanks, John. I uh, always love hearing you and Harry talk. And uh, I did have a quick question for Harry. Um, for a guy that was a former CEO of a major company, um, you don't seem to dwell on that. Um, I think a lot of guys in that position, that's their high point in their life. But I really was impressed by Harry saying his cup is overflowing. Um, he's not dwelling on the past. I'm sure you take your experiences from it. And I just wondered how much um, your humility and your self-reflection played into that, because I think a lot of um, top executives, they feel that their post-CEO life is is a come down. But I don't get that impression at all uh, from Harry. And I just wondered if humility paid a part, part in that. And then the other the second part of the question is um, most people don't see a, a, a person who displays humility like Harry uh, achieve the top spot in the thing. You tend to think it's a uh, Machiavellian eager beaver that gets to the top. So I, I wonder if Harry would comment on that as well. Thanks, Joel. Sure. Joel, thank you so much for your question. Thank you so much for your thoughts. And I, I, I think you say it so well. I really do think, uh, Joel, it really comes down to humility. I mean, I was taught early on that when you accomplish something, is it because, John, uh, Joel, because you are very, very bright and you work really hard? And I realized a lot of it, it's a gift from God. It's not about me. And, and when I was the CEO of Baxter, I'd always say, you know what? It is a gift from God. It is a test. It's because of all the wonderful people. And never forget where you came from. Keep things in perspective and literally, and literally realize this is something you're doing now because God wants you to do it. But, but it's not about me, Joel. It's, it's never about me. And when I left Baxter, I thought, what are other things that I could do? And I thought, if I could teach leadership uh, and have a small impact on the next generation of people that are leading things, w wouldn't that be a blessing? So I, I kind of view it, Joel, every day is a blessing. And whatever hand we get dealt, and never forget where you came from, as opposed to it's, it's all about me. Amen. Thanks so much, Joel. Professor Harry, we need to leave it right there. Uh, what a great conversation. So much appreciate your spiritual perspective. Every day truly is a gift from God. Thanks so much, uh, Professor. Take care, John. God bless. God bless Joel and everybody, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Professor Harry Kramer, harrykramer.org. Now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Worman is up today with a baseball story in the middle of January. Our story today, the best trade in baseball. It's from Time Incorporated. Penny Brown and Kevin Steffen both owe their lives to the other. Kevin was an 11-year-old bat boy in July of 1999 when a player accidentally dealt him a severe blow to the chest with a bat while warming up. 
Kevin passed out and his heart stopped beating. Penny, a nurse, was at the game to watch her son play when she saw this transpire. She rushed out to Kevin and performed CPR, which brought him back. Kevin's mother said he was very fortunate because Penny was scheduled to work that day and had been given the day off at the last minutes. Fast forward seven years. Penny Brown's eating at a restaurant in Depew, New York, when she begins to choke on her food and cannot breathe. Kevin worked as a dishwasher in that restaurant and was immediately called to help Penny because he was a volunteer firefighter. Kevin performed the Heimlich maneuver and dislodged the food that was suffocating Penny. After saving her life, he realized that she was the lady that saved his life seven years earlier. Penny summed it up by saying, This is an experience neither of us will ever forget. From Matthew 10.8, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Amen. Thanks so much, uh, Glenn. And of course, you can always download any of Glenn's Story Corners and listen to any one of our Morning Air podcasts on the Relevant Radio app and at relevantradio.com. You can also send us an email, morningair at relevantradio.com. That'll do it for this edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance, for the entire team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Be not afraid. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.